is the New South Wales Country Hour with Kim Honan on ABC New South Wales. Good afternoon. Kim Honan and Miranda Saunders here with you at the Kyogle Show. That shortly, but coming up on the program, from floods to drought, parts of the Northern Rivers are experiencing severe drought conditions. I haven't spoken to any producer that hasn't been open to destocking, doing some management practices of preg testing, early weaning, um, cashing in any cattle that are excess to their needs at, at any value because why would you feed them? So there's, there's a few options in play on every farm at the moment. And all the action from the show. The beef cattle are primed to go. The dairy back for the first time in more than 20 years. And Australian champion bull rider Dave Kennedy will be dropping by shortly. And we'll meet one of Australia's, uh, one of Kyogle's Young Women of the Year entrants. She's competing right now in the camp draft. Hopefully she'll bring us a ribbon, maybe a blue one. We'll see. But there's some pressure there for her. We're here at the bar, so if you want to swing by and say g'day, come on down. Well, first up, let's meet a man who's been extremely busy in the lead-up to Kyogle Show, Matthew Painter, the president of the Kyogle PA and H Society, otherwise known as the Kyogle Show. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Step in a bit. Matthew, don't be shy. Yeah, I'm shy sometimes. (laughs) So this is shaping up to be the biggest and best Kyogle Show ever? Absolutely. Um, I'm only a young fella, but... Sitting here on the showgrounds right today, I've never seen the showgrounds so full on a Friday. The grandstand's full on a Friday. That is just amazing. The pavilions are full, the cattle entries are massive. It's great. So entries are up across the board? 100%. They're definitely up. They, the photography section was double the size of what it was last year. What do you think is causing so many people to enter shows this year? I think people are getting the love back for the community, love back for our country lifestyle, love back for the shows. Yeah, and a big focus on youth involvement and attendance this year? Oh, youth is our number one key for the show society here. Obviously with our little youth, with having Bluey here, that's our number one thing, but even into their next stage with the the turkey and the school theme. Um, so one of the themes is turkey and the community. So Take us through that theme of turkey. Why, why, what have the schools been doing? So one of their lovely teachers decided to come up with the, the, the schools project. They went with the turkey for the younger kids and then a public speaking contest in the bigger kids. So the little kids, which is stage ones, did a turkey and they did paper mache's or craft turkeys. And then the next stage up was around the turkey and what that meant to them in the school and it's a public speaking s- section for them. Why the significance of a turkey for Kyogle? Well, that's the... the, the the symbol for Kyogle is the turkey. It is the, the, on the edge of town the, the, there. Um, the winning school actually gets to pick the subject matter for next year and we're hoping that they pick something around the town again. I think uh, turkey also in Bundjalung language um, is called... It's, it's not Kyogle and I can't pronounce it correctly, but... Very, but very loosely translated as very, Kyogle. Yeah, so yeah, uh, yes. yeah, giant concrete turkey on the way into town. Yeah, yeah and yes. if you haven't been to uh, Kyogle, it's certainly a site. And the pavilion looks absolutely amazing. We're going to be catching up with the chief steward of the pavilion yes, yes. after 12.30. But it has been a, a tough few years. Drought, fires, COVID-19, yep. floods. Nice. This year uh, you were recognised by the Agricultural Societies of New South Wales for your resilience. Yep, we definitely were. Um, The floods, floods, fires, where we're standing was underwater 18 months ago. And the show prior to that, it was dry as a bone here and just very uncomfortable. So everyone that gets in and has it going and gets making things work, it's great. It's really good and we'll go bigger and better next year. 
And certainly a tough time for the community though too. Oh, indeed. Very much tough time for the community. The ground is used as a campground when it's not using the showground and it's very much a, a campground for people that are disadvantaged and dishomed. Yeah. So uh, what else can we see here today and tomorrow? Oh, you can see the camp draft that's happening at the moment and the challenge. Tonight we've got the bull ride happening out the back. Um, that's all today. Then tomorrow we obviously with Bluey, the dairy cattle section, the beef cattle section, the whole horse section, uh, sheep judging. We've got sheep judging returning um, for this year for the first time. In I don't know, I can't find records on that one. And we have two zone finals for the ASC to go to Sydney this year. Here wow, at Global. fantastic. Pity we couldn't rope Bluey in. I thought we'd have some sway being from the ABC. <laughs> oh, for real life, we'll have a go. But sheep, sheep. Is there many sheep around this region? We've been really lucky. Two ladies stepped up. Um, Naomi and, and Zoe stepped up and got us fleeces. The fleeces have came all the way from Cowra for the judging in that. And the sheep will come down from Woodenbong High. They'll go up and get them this afternoon and have them sitting here ready to go. Oh, that's fantastic, yeah. Lots of schools involved in this the, show. The school section, not only in the pavilion, but over in the young judges' sections tomorrow. It's great. Can't wait to hear all about it. Yeah, thank you very Thanks. much. Matthew Painter, who's the show president for Kyogle Show Society. Thank you very much. It's ten past twelve. <laughs> the New South Wales Country Hour on ABC Radio New South Wales. We'll be back to the show shortly with a panel of local beef producers, but uh, more than 30% of the state is now experiencing some form of drought, drought affected, in drought or intense drought. That's mainly along the east coast, with the region experiencing the driest conditions here in the northern rivers. 18 parishes in the Clarence and Richmond Valleys have fallen into intense drought for the first time in years. Around 70 producers were at a local land services seasonal condition Day in Casino yesterday to hear the latest information and advice. North Coast LLS Director Bruce Lyle is also a beef producer at Ellen Gowan, south of Casino. It feels every bit of that intense drought at our place, and uh, really our dry season started at the end of last year, and we've had no notable rain since. Our, our heaviest day was about 40 mils back in March, and we haven't had quite 10 inches for the year, so no runoff at all. Um, in 2023, pastures dilapidated by the flood uh, with no real follow-up rain and no opportunity to um, renovate. Uh, so we're starting to feel the pinch and we're feeding. Uh, nearly every animal is getting some feed at some point during each week now. Yeah, and how many animals have you got? Uh, there's about 370 that would be getting feed. How long has it been since you've seen it this bad? We're probably better than what we were at the, at the end of the last drought, um, but certainly that last drought... We're very close to that now. Water will be an issue. And uh, I just read today that uh, there's been a wind back of the 30% harvestable water on farms, which is a real setback because we had uh, part of our resilient plan was to capture some more water, and that's all up, up in the air now. And uh, we were three weeks away from r running out of water in the last drought, and we actually bought an 8,000-litre water tank for our truck to cut water from town, which is, I don't know how feasible that was going to be, but fortunately we didn't need it. But uh, our, our, our contingency moving forward with, uh, with drier seasons and the variability of weather was for us to harvest some more water, but that's all on hold. Given the, the lack of feed in the region, where are producers getting supplies from? Look, uh, uh, people have opted to sell, which is their, you know, their decision, and there's no decision that's right or wrong. 
Uh, so selling is a, is a very sound option. But for those who are wanting to feed high quality feed, you're looking at around $630 a tonne uh, delivered into the area now of uh, a vetch hay from the Central West or, or Victoria. Um, you can get some South Australian oat and hay, similar sort of value, $600 a tonne uh, plus GST, and there's no freight subsidy, so that's that's equates to around about $26,000 a load for around 60 bales of hay, so it's out of a lot of people's reach. Um, yeah, time will tell how long people can afford to do that for. So do you think mainly producers are considering destocking? Oh, absolutely. I haven't spoken to any producer that hasn't been open to destocking, doing some management practices of preg testing, early weaning, um, cashing in any cattle that are excess to their needs at, at any value because why would you feed them? So there's there's a few options in play on every farm at the moment. Trevor Wilson and I'm from Darabba and I'm a cattle farmer. The drought at, at the moment, water-wise we're worse off than 2019. Feed-wise is getting serious and uh, we just wanted to come along and keep up to date with uh, the latest information. And how many cattle are you running on your property? We normally run uh, about 250 breeders plus replacements. Yeah. And have you had to cut back? Yes, we've started uh, cutting down already. Uh, we've taken calves off and uh, cows uh, and sold them at low prices, but it was to save the cows. Yeah. And what sort of feed do you have on your property? Is there much? We rely on uh, native and naturalised pasture and uh, no, the feed is disappearing very quickly. Are you having to hand feed, supplementary feed? In my situation, it's not possible for me to uh, hand feed. Uh, you can't feed 150 cows and calves out of the back of a ute. So what are you doing? My plan is just to uh, reduce numbers. Uh, as I did in 2019, I got down to about 40% of my uh, uh, normal carrying capacity. Uh, we can always find something to get rid of and uh, in 2019 we sold cows but we kept our heifer calves and that allowed us to get back in uh, without uh, the expense of buying in cows again. How worried are you as these dry conditions continue? Uh, we're quite worried about this and our big concern is we don't want to see animal welfare issues and uh, which we saw with other people in 2019 and we would prefer to sell, take the, the, uh, the loss of the low prices uh, but not have those animal welfare issues. And how much rain do you reckon you need to make a difference? Heaps. We had 19 mils uh, last week and that was the best fall we'd had for uh, nearly six months and uh, our, uh, particularly in the hill country it's uh, very dry. Uh, the interesting thing is that the springs on the low country are running and uh, that's a bit of a contradiction but uh, no, the ground is, uh, is very dry and I have, um, I rely on dams for stock water and most of those are dry. How dry? Are they bone dry? They're bone dry and I uh, have a work on a rotational grazing system and now I have to put three, four, five paddocks together and the cows have to walk a long way to get water. That is Trevor Wilson from Dairaba near Casino. Kim Hoden and Miranda Saunders with you for the New South Wales Country Hour today, broadcasting from the Kyogle Show. We are in the camp kitchen. We're in the bar. I think the steak sandwiches are on the barbie. Well, not the sandwiches, but the smelling steaks. Smelling beautiful. <laughs> smelling good. And you come, can come join us here at the Kyogle Show. And lining up in front of us here at the bar, we have three local producers from the Kyogle Shire who are keeping an eye on the dry conditions rather intently. 
Yeah, joining us today we have Santa Gertrudis breeder and cattle exhibitor Rob Cinnamon from Mayfield at Kyogle. He's also one of the directors of the Casino Food Co-op. We also have joining us local stock and station agent and beef producer and also camp draft competitor David O'Reilly and another camp draft competitor Nick Crompton who's a beef producer from Old Bonalbo and in the last 10 days has launched his own paddock to plate business well hung and tender so welcome gentlemen what a name for a business i love that we'll find out shortly how how that business got to be named by that but as you've heard there are dry conditions around the place and rob cinnamon you're at mayfield just outside of kyogre what what are things like for you yeah miranda great to be here at the 2023 kyogre show um and uh just uh, as you alluded to earlier that the crowd or Matthew alluded to the crowds are fantastic it's just great to see seasonally uh, I think we're all agreeing that it's a it's a it's a dry time well it is a dry time of year normally anyway but I think it's it's we're certainly down well in annual rainfall I think uh, uh, we're probably the best part of 30 inches below where we should be for this time of year year to date so going from uh, you know record floods there not so long ago to, to now back in a drought it certainly comes as a shock to everybody. So how, how are you keeping your herd, you know, up, up to scratch and, in, and show ready, I suppose? Yeah, look, that's the challenge. You're wanting to keep your, your breeder herd in, in, in strong condition as they're calving down at this time of year. Uh, you need them to be able to maintain body weight and breed back in calves. So we're supplementing those cattle with, with dry licks um, and, and protein supplements to, to sort of assist that way. Um, we've put away some feed and... For, for drought conservation and uh, we're looking like we're going to have to use it sadly uh, and then of course with um, your show cattle well they're, they're in a full full fight of total mixed ration to um, to present them for, for show presentation. Is feed hard to source at the moment? I mean you've got the the fire ants that you can't import from Queensland uh, you know supplies around here were depleted after the floods so where are people getting feed from? Yeah, a really good question, Miranda. I think I think it's it, it sort of drives home the the basis that we really do have to forward forward plan for uh, drought and put feed away when when you have it. Uh, certainly, it's coming from a long way away now uh, to, in the south to source source feed. As you say, the the fire ant issue across the border is a is another problem where where which is not far away. Um, so yeah, it's it's driving home that that strong message that we really have to be drought resilient and, and prepared for dry years like we, we're seeing now. You are uh, one of the directors of the Casino Food Comp as well, so so how's that going? I mean, you know, how are exports, what's happening there? Yeah, look, I guess it's no secret it's been a tough uh, tough couple of years for, for the cooperative in terms of uh, supply of cattle and uh, we've, uh, uh, we're seeing that change ironically as producers uh, um, uh, benefits uh, from the market over the last couple of years have eroded it's actually becoming a uh, a stronger uh, a stronger market a stronger profitability for for the cooperative sort of moving forward so they're, they're seeing supplier cattle coming coming forward readily and and well well booked in advance so from a cooperative sense it's uh, supply is good and it's good to see uh, uh, the region supporting supporting the, the business so Rob no word on China yet they haven't lifted the suspension on casino. Yeah, look, I think we're we're all we're all sort of waiting with bated breath with that. We're 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 ready. We're prepared to uh, take advantage of it when the time comes. But it's uh, it is what it is currently, and we uh, we we're 
we were watching it carefully and, and uh, I'm sure the management with Simon at the, at the helm is uh, ready to jump on that first first opportunity. And how many Santa Catrudas will you have here at the show tomorrow? Uh, yeah, look, we're bringing along about seven stud cattle tomorrow, so it'll be great to, to uh, exhibit here at, uh, in our, on our own behalf for the first time. Um, so that'll be, uh, we're looking forward to that. Thanks, Rob. Thanks for joining us. Pleasure to be here. And uh, David O'Reilly, local stock and station agent, beef producer, also camp drafter. We've pulled you off the horse. Yeah, good afternoon, Kim. Thanks for having us. And also thanks very much to the country for coming along to the Kygal Show to do the show here today. It, uh, it means a lot to us. How many scores have you got so far? High scores? How no, you I've had a bad run out there this morning, but that's the way it goes. So you're grateful that we pulled you off? Yeah, very much so. Thank you. <laughs> Has it been hard to get cattle for the camp draft this year? Miranda, at the start it looked like it was going to be very hard, but as you guys know, we have a very good association here at Kyogre with our counterparts at Wyangri. So we've shared some cattle for them a few months ago when they run their draft. And unfortunately, some of their cattle couldn't get to the draft, so we've been able to take advantage of that today and use a few of their cattle to come down the road to Kyogle. So uh, as the weeks went on, the, it got easier and easier. We've run a, the, probably the biggest draft here today that we've ever run at the show. Uh, we've got a Stockman's Challenge going on at the same time as the camp draft's going on. Uh, the maiden's finished now, and the, the novice is probably well underway to be three-quarters through, and then we're going to run two finals at the end. So uh, generally speaking, we'd only run for half a day here, and then the Stockman's Challenge to take over. We're running sort of a three-quarter three, three day draft here today. Why do you think so many competitors have, have signed up this year? Oh, it looks to me, I'm, I'm not a full-time camp drafter, but this sport is just uh, growing and growing. And, you know, I'd say if we could have got more cattle early in the piece, we could have run easier a full-day draft here today. No, so you said you're not a full-time camp drafter, but you are a beef producer and a stock and station agent. What is the conditions looking like at your place at the moment? Well, we have property just out, out on the outskirts of uh, Casino, and it's very dry there, um, very dry, probably as dry as what it was almost back in 2019. Uh, we have country here in Kygal uh, on Eden Creek and Ironpot Creek, and uh, we've been lucky. We've got under a few storms there. And we're still poking along pretty pretty reasonable. What's the feeling like across the region, though? I mean, you're talking to producers every day. Well, people are starting to get, uh, you know, fairly uptight about which way the weather will go. Um, I try to keep a, a positive spin on things as a stock and station agent. Um, you know, it's very traditional, this dry weather for the northern rivers for this time of the year. And the old people used to always say, wait to Kygal Show and we'll get a storm. And if we don't get one there, we'll get one by Lismore Show, which is a fortnight away. But, like I said, like to stay positive, but the storms that have come in the last couple of weeks have been very hit and miss. There's been places that have got under, you know, two inches. Lismore got four inches the other day, uh, where another place has just missed out completely. We've heard that the Kyogle Show has been recognised for its resilience, but um, beef producers and farmers all across the North Coast seem to be very resilient. In 2019, there was fires, 2022 floods and, and now drought. I mean, are, how are people coping? Oh, very well. Like Rob said, um, a lot of people have, have been prepared, like they put, put hay away and that sort of thing. And it is getting very hard to, to get hay now because of the Queensland border being shut with the fire ants. And, you know, there's clients now buying hay from Victoria, uh, but it is very dear. It's as dear, I believe it's as dear as what it was back in 19 in the, in the grips of the drought. Pretty hard when uh, it's so cheap just over the border. Yes, exactly, exactly. But, you know, people are resilient. Uh, and, um, again, I say to, to my clients every day, you know, we've been through it before, we'll get through it again. And, David, we can't let you go without talking about cattle prices. Record highs last year, cattle prices down, inputs up. 
Well, Kim, the cattle prices are just yuck. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's probably the best way to describe the yuck. cattle market. Um, you know, and again, no doubt the cattle market goes in cycles, and we've seen it at, at its high last year. Uh, no one ever thought it was going to come back to what it has so quickly. You know, uh, we're back in prices that we were receiving back in the drought, and probably in some cases lower. But we'll get through it. Uh, it'll turn around. We just need it to rain. Fantastic. Thank you so much for joining us today. And speaking Thank of you. cattle prices, um, probably not great for Nick Com- Crompton from um, Well Hung and Tender. Uh, from Old Benalbo. So what prompted you to start this business that you launched only 10 days ago? Yeah, uh, firstly, thanks for having us. Um, so my partner and I have recently brought a uh, block at Old Benalbo. And um, with the fluctuation in cattle prices, we decided to try and find something that would mitigate those risks. Um, So yeah, we decided to try and direct market our own beef produced and fed on farm and came up with a a bit of a catchy business logo, Well Hung and Tender. Nothing like a bit of debt to get you motivated to start a business. Yeah, definitely a bit of of debt. Um, So we we brought that place here about 12 months ago in the highs of the property market when um, cattle were really expensive and we thought we could move a little bit either side of those cattle prices and interest rates um, but we didn't foresee how it was going to go and and as quickly as it did so yeah we just tried to look for another avenue and and, um, yeah this is what we've landed on. And you left full-time jobs at Mwoolumbar, sold up there, moved to Old Benalbo, you've taken a huge risk. Yeah yeah Um, if I had a crystal ball I'd probably change a few things (laughs) Um, yeah both my partner and I left very well-paid secure jobs um, to go and and follow a dream that we've had for a long time so yeah um, not the best timing, but we'll, uh, we'll stick to it and see what comes of it. Millions of dollars in debt, high interest rates, low cattle prices. It must be motivation. Tell us how you're going to do it. How are you going to make it work? Uh, I've always had the motto of, of uh, bite big too hard. Um, so, yeah, like I said, we've, we've tr- found this uh, other avenue, well hung and tender, and hopefully we can market some of our own cattle through that and um, yeah, build a bit of resilience into our business. Yeah. And so how many cattle have you got on your property? Um, so we're running a herd of around 250 cows and calves uh, and there's also about 180 feeder steers there at the moment. So we're feeding them on corn silage um, that's grown on farm. Um, so yeah, it's, it's nice to have everything sort of on property. And processed locally as well? Yeah, processed locally uh, through NCMZ there that Rob was talking about earlier uh, and through a local butcher shop in Casino, so Smith's Butchery. And have yeah. you found your market already? Yeah, so we uh, only advertised about 10 days ago and we sold the first three bodies, so around 600 kilos of meat within sort of 48 hours. So we're really happy with that. Uh, their bodies are actually being broken up today uh, for delivery late next week. Exciting so, times, and yeah. making that first delivery. Yeah, very. Yeah, can't wait. My partner and I are both arguing about who gets to do the first delivery run and who's got to stay home with the kids. So. And where did the name come from, Well Hung well, and Well Hung and Tender. tender. Um, yeah, there's a lot of inside jokes about that already, so there's a I few guys looking at me a bit sus here at the moment. <laughs> Uh, but look, the, the truth behind it is um, we've got a, a friend and a bit of a mentor who's helped us uh, through our business and he actually uh, came across a pub in Ireland that was called Well Hung and Tender and when we spoke to him about our business idea he said to Karen and I that he's, he's known us well enough now and that uh, he thinks this name would suit us perfectly and as soon as he said it, yeah, it stuck. So. Hey Rob, just bringing you back in there, how great is this to see you know, a young couple, you know, starting up a business like this? Oh, look, I think it's fantastic and it shows you the resilience of producers on the North Coast here and looking at other ways to, to make, uh, you know, value add their, their product and uh, well done to you guys to, to, to stepping out and having a proper go. Yeah, thank you.
Fantastic. Thank you so much for joining us no at worries. the Kyogle Show. Thanks for having us. And good luck with the camp draft. Yeah, thank uh, you. How, how are uh, you going? need all the help I can get at the moment. I think I've made uh, four donations at this point. So. <laughs> Bit of a common theme here at the moment. <laughs> Were your partners out on the horse camp drafting as well? Yeah, she is. Uh, she's out there on our stallion uh, running a muck at the moment. So hopefully, yeah, she can go a bit better than I am. <laughs> Fantastic. That is Nick Crompton from Well Hung and Tender. We also heard from local stock and station agent, beef producer, camp drafter David O'Reilly and Rob Cinnamon from Mayfield at Kyogle. Coming up after the news, uh, Adam Story will join us shortly. We're going to uh, chat to the chief steward of the dairy cattle. First time dairy have been here at the Kyogle show in more than 20 years. We're going to find out about the CWA rest tent. We're also going to be um, chatting to Australian bull riding champion David Kennedy and uh, hearing about how you can learn how to ride a bull. And also we're going to be taking a look in those pavilions and and why those entry numbers are up so much and, and talking everything turkey. Right now it's news time. Good afternoon, Adam Story. Good afternoon, Kim. Uh, there's uh, some warnings from the Reserve Bank out today. Uh, about uh, Australia's ability to uh, cope with uh, any global financial shocks uh, that may arise. Uh, It's released what it says is the latest health check on the financial system and warns that any shock to the global economy would have fallout in Australia uh, with lower incomes and higher unemployment challenging uh, the ability of people to service their debts. Now they're warning the potential flashpoints uh, globally could include China's ailing property sector, and the fragility of uh, small banks in the United States. They've already had two collapses there, so, and they're still worried about some of the other uh, minor banks. Back home, uh, the state government says it's not considering banning younger generations from buying uh, cigarettes like in the UK and New Zealand. Uh, the British Prime Minister announced yesterday that the government was proposing a ban on cigarette purchases for people born after 2009. Now, New Zealand became the first country to legislate that ban last year. Uh, the Health Minister, Ryan Park, has come out, today, come out today and said they're not considering such a ban and they're more considering about uh, the rate of vaping. Uh, in Australia. The Rural Fire Service says the number of homes destroyed by the bushfire in the Bega Valley has been downgraded to two. There were reports four houses were destroyed, but a further assessment has found that two were destroyed and two damaged. Uh, 14 outbuildings, including sheds, were destroyed, though. And emergency crews say there is a risk of an explosion at an industrial site near Newcastle. Uh, It's an incident involving hazardous materials and they say a dangerous heat build-up was recorded at the site just after quarter past five this morning. and uh, staff on the site were evacuated. Um, Fifteen neighbouring businesses have also been uh, evacuated. Um, Now, they're carrying out uh, heat recordings. I think they've put the fire out, but they're still recording heat, uh, making heat recordings uh, to make sure that uh, there is no further risk of an explosion. And that's all I've got for you at the moment, Kim. Fantastic, Adam. I wish you were here at the home of the giant bush turkey for the Kyogle show. We are missing you, aren't we, Miranda? Absolutely. I never get invited on these special trips. I don't know what I've done, but... You're missing out on all the Dagwood dogs and chips and... Hey, Adam. Look, that's probably a good thing. Hey, Adam. (laughs) had someone stop by the bar earlier and uh, wanted to know why you and I hadn't been doing banter this week. So here's your opportunity. Oh, it's (laughs) It's a bit hard when you're not in the same... (laughs) Same room. <laughs> well, well, we can banter, <laughs> but please, let's banter away. 
We've got Condo back in the chair for plenty of banter next week. Look, it's Condo just sets me off. I can't help it. You know, so <laughs> <laughs> he pokes me like a bear. <laughs> well, we'll have to leave it there. All right. Thanks, Adam Story. And uh, full bulletin at one o'clock. It is 28 to 1 here on the Country Hour. Hello, I'm Sally Sara. Join me for The World Today. We bring you the latest on the floods in Victoria, where residents are assessing the damage after heavy rains. A Russian dance group banned from a multicultural festival in Adelaide amid tensions over the war in Ukraine. And build the wall. US President Joe Biden announces he will extend the wall on the southern border, despite his election promise not to do so. Those stories and more coming up this lunchtime on The World Today. Well, time to check the weather forecast. Good afternoon, Gabrielle Woodhouse at the Bureau of Meteorology. Good afternoon. Hi, Kim. How are you today? Not too bad, thank you. Uh, We are hoping for a bit of rain here in Kyogle. I do believe it's coming. At what point? (laughs) We spoke about this yesterday. (laughs) We are expecting a few showers. It looks as though uh, more so later tomorrow um, is when we'll be seeing those showers develop, but uh, rainfall totals look as though they're going to remain quite light, so a few millimetres at best um, and maybe a fraction more right uh, right along the coastal fringe, but uh, for the most part, just a few light showers is what we're looking at uh, tomorrow and Saturday. And how's it looking across the rest of the state? Look, across the rest of the state at the moment, we're seeing a few showers at the moment through parts of the Illawarra and might even see one or two sneak out across parts of the central west and kind of like the central parts of the inland as well. But um, those will be quite uh, uh, sparse in terms of those showers and quite light falls expected. So um, they will start to clear up uh, later this evening um, and might see a few showers sneak a little bit further north through parts of Sydney and the Hunter. But again, those rainfall totals are going to remain light. Inland, uh, we're looking at dry conditions for the coming days and it's not until during the early parts of next week that we see a trough over the western parts of Queensland um, deepen and, and move into New South Wales and that looks as though it's going to bring a few showers and thunderstorms to the far northwest. So looking at places to the north, northwest of Cobar, getting a little bit of rainfall but again it's going to be quite patchy um, with those showers and storms during the first part of next week. And Gabrielle, any warnings current? Currently we've got a sheep graziers warning um, current and at the moment that covers uh, the tablelands for today but ex- extends across the southern uh, inland for tomorrow morning um, and that's due to those overnight temperatures being quite cool. So we're expecting a lot of frost around um, across the ranges and right across the southern inland tomorrow with those uh, overnight temperatures near zero or a little bit below. So um, that feature um, in terms of those cool overnight uh, conditions are going to persist through the weekend with uh, frost continuing and then it's not until the middle part of next week that we see conditions warm up a bit more and um, we see a front move through during the second half of next week. And any issues along our coastal waters with warnings there? Yeah, so along the coastal waters, um, we are seeing those winds continue to ease as that low-pressure system has moved uh, away. Um, we do still have a gale wind warning current for the Batemans coast and strong wind warnings um, also along the coast today for the Macquarie coast and south. Um, we will see those uh, conditions ease overnight tonight, but uh, there may still be just a couple of bits of strong winds uh, around the inshore of the Coffs coast tomorrow morning. Anything else to report? Not at this stage, but uh, across the weekend um, and the early parts of next week, there, there is uh, the risk of seeing some hazardous surf conditions as we see a suddenly swell develop. Um, and it looks as though it'll be quite low, but um, it could be a little bit powerful at times. Fantastic. Thank you, Gabrielle. My pleasure. That is Gabrielle Woodhouse at the Bureau of Meteorology. Well, dairy cattle are back at the Kyogle Show for the first time in more than 20 years. They were certainly an important part of the show in the early days. This region was once a huge dairy hub. 
Uh, but over the years, the number of dairies have decreased, but they are back. Joining me now is dairy farmer Rasheen Wilson, and she's the chief steward of the dairy cattle section. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Thanks for having me. So, dairy cattle, back this year. Why? Um, we're not really sure why, but um, President Matt approached me after last year's show and said, do you reckon we could bring them back? And I was like, I don't see why not. So we just kind of ran from there and um, approached a couple of um, local farmers around the casino area that I knew, knew would probably show, and, and they've decided to come along, and we've got 23 head entered. Fantastic. Uh, what sort of cattle are here? Um, we have jerseys and Holsteins um, from three exhibitors. Now, your um, farm uh, is just near the Queensland border, I understand? Yeah, we're just north of Kyogle um, at the risk. Yeah, um, what, what sort of cattle do you have there? Um, we've got a bit of everything, um, but more recently have been focusing on breeding Guernseys and Jerseys. And, uh, and how are they going at the moment with these dry conditions? Um, ours are actually going really fantastically. We're um, milking more cows than we have on that farm. Um, it's only been up and running for five years, and um, yeah, we're got plenty of water still which we're lucky about so you're you're quite young for for being a dairy farmer why did you get into it um i've grown up on a dairy farm so this is not new to me um my parents dairy farm over the border um at nearby desert so this is I'm, i'm a fourth generation dairy farmer so it's just what i know and love it Yes, very much so. And that's where your stud cattle comes in, over the border at Bow Desert, the, the family stud operation there where you have a great lineup of different stud animals. Yeah, so um, mum and dad have, um, and the family up there have um, Jerseys, Guernseys and Brown Swiss that are registered and we show them at a couple of different shows up there through the year as well. So um, dad has been very kind in sending us down bulls stud bulls that he was finished with and that's helped us to get our um, breeding going here. So we have the cattle uh, trucked in this afternoon ready for tomorrow's show? And they'll actually all come in early in the morning um, for the show tomorrow. Um, Being dairy farmers they still have to milk their cows at home as well. Of course. So they'll milk early on on their farms at home then bring the cattle in for the day and be home in time for milking in the afternoon. And how many cows have we got this year? So we've got 23 um, and it's just that we're doing an interbreed show so all the um, breeds are in together. Um, but it's looking like a really good lineup with some excellent, excellent competition. And uh, milk prices are, are looking good at the moment, but they are dry conditions. You know, how, how are you faring? Uh, yeah, we milk prices uh, um, have come up over recent years, and we're very grateful for that. Um, I guess we're looking at the moment of forward planning if we do um, get less irrigation going forward over a dry summer. Um, how we manage getting fodder for the cattle. Have you got a contingency plan? Uh, not really. Hoping for rain at this point. Um, we are growing summer crops, which we'll put into silage um, to get us through next autumn. And we've got some um, triticale to come off soon to go into silage. I think everyone's uh, wishing for rain, yeah. Yes, not alone. definitely. Well, I'm looking forward to the dairy cattle returning to the Kyogle show for the first time in more than 20 years. Thank you so much for joining us. That's Roisin Wilson, the Chief Steward of the Dairy Cattle Committee. It is 20 to 1 on the Country Hour. On ABC Radio New South Wales, this is the New South Wales Country Hour. Kim Honan and Miranda Saunders broadcasting with you from the Kyogle show. And if you have young kids and take them to agricultural shows, uh, you know what a lifesaver the restrooms can be.
But did you know that the Kyogle branch of the Country Women's Association are the ones that came up with the idea and pioneered those restrooms? I am so excited to speak to you guys. Having four children of my own, um, these restrooms have been very important to me. They were designed as a safe place for mothers to feed their babies and even, I understand, to uh, leave them there if they're asleep for a while under the watchful eye of CWA volunteers. Well, to tell us more about these restrooms and how they came about is the president of the Kyogle Evening Branch, Lynn Crofton, and the secretary, Jean Kutchen. Good, good afternoon. Hello ladies, hello. Okay, so start off with what are the restrooms? Explain what they are. So the the restrooms is literally a place where you can get out of all the hype and excitement that is the show, or any festival for that matter. Um, Anybody, any parent who's ever taken a child to one of these sorts of things understands exactly what they, how fraught they can get. So we provide a little quiet space for them to be able to sit down, get out of the weather, feed if they need to, change baby if they need to, and just have some downtime. Lynn, can you tell us how did they start? Um, They started, Kyogle Evening Branch, or Kyogle Day Branch actually started them back in 1929, and they had the first idea to have an area for mums and children to go to. And they actually fundraised at the time and they built a structure that is further down from here um, where um, they, they were able to have it as a permanent thing and not just a tent. And that was there for many, many years until it was eventually renovated and used into something else. So, unfortunately, we haven't reached those lofty heights. We still have a, a tent or an awning, and um, we do it that way. Sorry, Jean. Uh, you were also um, involved in in the overall um, area of the CWA? Yes, I am. Yeah, so I'm the group secretary for Far North Coast. Have the restrooms taken on um, a life of their own in other shows? Yes they have um, a lot of our branches have tea rooms and um, so it, it goes to the same sort of thing it might not necessarily be at shows but they certainly provide areas for mums or parents to come to be with their children and provide a, a, an area for them. Well we're here at the Kyogle Show the first day of a two day event. Sadly though the tent isn't here today it's just this Saturday. It's it's just this Saturday. Just, yeah, yeah. yeah and as you said plenty of um, other you know teas cakes we know how big the, the CWA is at the Sydney Royal Easter Show with the scones for example. Are we um, you got, got, got the scones out ready? No, no, we're not actually baking this year. No. We do do a feature in the cooking section Yeah, for our first year. Um, it's been brought about, so hopefully that will grow. Um, but no, we don't do baking. We're all about just providing that, that rest tent. We do have our cook- wonderful cookbooks and stuff for sale um, so that people can use some of our recipes, but... Yeah, not actually any scones today. And what are the big issues on the agenda at the moment for the Kyogle Evening Branch? You've been to the the state conference this year? Yep, yeah. Uh, So for Kyogle Evening Branch in particular and CWA in general is, you know, um, improving your local community. So it's things like doing the rest tent we do here to make lives a little bit easier for mums, helping food 
um, with those who are um, perhaps not as fortunate with food or supplies, um, opening the rooms as a uh, refuge for people to get out of the weather when they're downtown. Yeah. So there's things like that that's helping our community. Well, Miranda, it sounds like we're going to come back tomorrow because we've got the dairy cattle showing up tomorrow, Bluey showing up tomorrow, and the rest all the horses. Yeah, we're, we're going to be back. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> my four children will be here. I'm sure we'll come and see you. <laughs> Thank you so That's much for true. joining us. Thank you. That Thank is you Lynn for Crofton. Us coverage. Thank you. Lynn Crofton and Jean Kutchen from the Kyogle Evening Branch of the CW, CWA here at the Kyogle Show. It is 15 to 1. This week on Landline, producing the world's first verified carbon-positive cotton. We've got every record of every single pass, every single operation, every single input that's gone into every field for the last 20 years. And the Bush Flying School changing locals' idea of isolation. If you can do it all here, why move away? That's Landline Sunday 12.30 on ABC TV and streaming on ABC iView. We've been talking a lot about turkeys today here in Kyogle because Kyogle is home to the giant bush turkey. But it's also home to Australian champion bull rider Dave Kennedy and he's running a bull riding school here at the show over the weekend at the KB O'Reilly Arena. Another reason to come back to the show tomorrow, (laughs) Miranda. Absolutely, there's so much to see. Good afternoon, Dave. Yeah, good day. How are you? How many um, Australian titles have you actually won? I won four with the PBR and then two with the APRA. Is that a record, six? Oh, maybe. I'm not sure. And it's not just Australia you competed. You went overseas as well. Yeah, I spent about five years in the USA and Brazil and Canada. Yeah. You've also got a son who's coming up through the ranks as well. I've got three sons (laughs) coming up through the ranks. (laughs) Wow. But, yes, Billy's doing really good. He made it to the World Finals last year and ended up fourth in the world. So, yeah, I think he's got a big future ahead of him. Because you carry the um, children with you everywhere you go, don't you? Yeah, the kids are... Well, the women I was riding, the kids come everywhere. They, um, we had a little van and we packed them up in the US and travelled around for six months at a time and they just come everywhere and they grew up around the sport and they love it. What an amazing experience for them growing up around bull riding. Oh yeah, I get sick of hearing about it. I retired I thought that's it for bull riding but <laughs> it's non-stop in the house. <laughs> now you're teaching bull riding. Yeah, it's just, I feel like it's a way to give back to the sport that give me so much. Um, I love helping young kids, especially kids that want to have a go, and I'm really big on those tougher kids, that, the bit tougher kids that want to have a go, and and to help them, it makes me happy. It's... How do you teach someone how to ride a bull? I mean, it, it, it seems a little bit more complex than, you know, getting on a horse on a saddle. Yeah, it is. Um, so we'll have a buck and drum there so we can slow it down and, and they can practice on that, but... The only way to learn is get on real bulls. So in this environment, we'll have for the next two days will be very controlled. They'll be on suitable stock, so we can just give everyone a fair go. And with with bull riding, it's big on confidence. You got to be a very confident person. So that's the main thing we'll talk about: confidence and mindset in in the bull riding. Where do you get your bulls from to teach people? Uh, Dave Talbot's coming and. Um, J&J Rodeo Promotions, they've been our biggest supporter. They've organised everything and they're actually really taken off and they're, they're good people. Jackson and Janae are good people and they really want to grow the sport so they're, they're more than happy to help. 
Do you take the old ones like us? Yeah, you can come get on. <laughs> it <sure>. might hurt. <laughs> if you fall off, it'll hurt. I did uh, compete in a celebrity steer ride once. They were so concerned about me. They put me on a brown Swiss heifer and they had the clowns either side just in case I fell off. But stopped moving after six seconds. I didn't even get this eight-second ride. Very <laughs> disappointing. Can't believe I spoke about that publicly. <laughs> Dave Kennedy, thank you so much for joining us. No worries, us. thank you. Australian champion bull rider. We've got a bull riding clinic here at the Kyogle Show over the next couple of days. Hey, Miranda, the pavilion here at the Kyogle Show just looks absolutely fantastic. Absolutely. There is um, bush turkeys everywhere. There is um, There is all sorts of things. You can see craft, flowers... Yeah, everything. It's just, it's jam-packed this year, I think. We've got a couple of the stewards. We've got the chief steward of the pavilion, Christine Graham, is joining us. Good afternoon, Christine. Hello. And we also have the uh, steward of the home brew section, Joseph Allen, uh, both Kyogle locals. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Uh, Kim specifically asked for the home brew section. <laughs> well, um, <laughs> Joseph has actually brought us some taste samples from some of the winning brews. But uh, to you first, Christine. Yeah, I've been coming to the show for over 40 years and helping out, but this year I've got the job <laughs> being the head pavilion. Well, we're hearing that entries are up right across the board in the pavilion as well. Yeah, we've had over a 1,000 entries in the pavilions by themselves. Wow, that's a lot. Yeah, it's enormous this year. How how does that compare to previous years? Well, it's a lot more. I don't know. I haven't actually had them up over the years, but I can just tell looking that there's a lot more this year than ever. What do you think has driven people to, to enter these very traditional sort of competitions? Yeah, I don't know. It just seems to be growing again. The show seems to be growing and the crowds seem to be getting bigger every year. And the smash-up derby's got a lot to do with it too with the kids. <laughs> and then Bluey tomorrow, I think it will be a record crowd. Are there lots of children's entries in the pavilion? Not a lot of children's, but we've got some. Yeah, we have our years, but the cooking's wonderful. Yeah, there's a 13-year-old that's won an amazing... What yeah, do they cook? A cake, oh, all a cake. different colours, <laughs> all different layers with an ice cream cone on top. It's amazing. And you still have the traditional fruit cake, of course. Yes, all that's in there too. Yeah, so there's a lot of nice cooking. Octopuses, there's all sorts of things. Octopuses? Cooked. Yes. An octopus cake? or octop- No, an octopus um, cupcake. Oh, an octopus. Yes, there's a few of those, yeah. And lots of entries in the photography exhibits this year? Yes, there'd be record amounts in the photography. Not as much in the fine art, but we've had a um, uh, a, a 98-year-old paint for us this year up in the nursing home, and they've been down this morning, and there's another lot coming this afternoon. Yep. Also in the pavilions, we've got a four generations exhibiting. There's Esme Clark, who's in the 90s, Andrea McIntosh, who is her daughter, and Andrea's daughters, Jess Rickson and granddaughter, Melinda Rickson. How, with so many entries, I mean, how do you manage that if, it, if there is so many more compared to last year? Oh, we just, yeah, the girls went home very tired yesterday afternoon, <laughs> and we all have, yeah. Have you got a favourite anything in there be it a cake or a photo well i'm very lucky this year i've been asked to join another patchwork group and um i've had the two ladies come down and they're demonstrating and bought a lot of their stuff for display 
and it's really lovely. The patchwork over there is amazing this year. Something for us to go and have a look at after, Kim. Well, I went to uh, check the pavilion a little bit more because I heard the turkeys were just absolutely sensational. And there was a bit of judging underway. The home brew section, Joseph (laughs) Allen, how are you going? I'm well, thank you. Thank you for for bringing over some uh, home brew. That's all right. (laughs) So how many entries did you have this year? So we had 11 different beers entered from three different brewers, all local brewers, uh, which is a modest increase from last year's two brewers. It is a very, very new class, only the second year, I think, Christine, that we've had that. the second year we've had it. Um, And it's... um, I think we um, we probably just need to get the word out a little bit more. We've had, you know, we've actually had a really good crowd this year. We we had people who weren't entered but were local brewers that wanted to know about it and wanted to talk to us about it. And the judges were very good. Who very, were the judges? Uh, we had Brendan Laverty from uh, Minori Pantry, uh, who actually sponsored the best overall. Um, so that's nice. Um, we had uh, Lance Butt from Kogel Real Estate, who was drafted in at very short notice. We had an unfortunate withdrawal of the um, the plan judges very late on, and a young fellow named Taylor. I forget his, his last name. I don't know if I ever knew it. He also helped us out. Well, uh, yeah, you've got um, some for us to try here: the Dragon's Breath, the Rockstock, the Armenian Red. Um, is this going to be a regular feature of the Kyogre Show now? Oh, I hope so. Probably yeah. up to Christine. <laughs> no, we hope it will. We hope it grows next year. Well, well, sure we'll leave Joe in control, and we'll. we'll Dragon's Breath. Sounds yeah, very interesting a, for a um, beer. It's a, it's a chilli stout. Uh, it's quite dry and it has a, a subtle tone of chilli. It took out the best specialty beer section. Um, give it a try. Oh, we will. It'll, well, we are in the bar, but we'll wait till we get it'll, off It'll here. help you right out, get you through the <laughs> cold spring days here in Kyogle. Now, we have been talking bush turkeys, and if you've ever been to Kyogle, at the entrance to the town, there is a giant concrete bush turkey, and it's only been there for, for a couple of years. But, uh, Christine Graham, I understand your family and you were directly involved with that bush turkey. Yeah, my late husband. We built it with the kids because we had the concrete. And, um, yeah, she weighs 65 tonne. Well, that was a surprise. It was, yeah. No, it's fantastic. So what what prompted you to build it so big? Well, John and I travel, you know, the world and, and Australia, and we always look for the big things. And because of Kyogle and the turkey, he badly wanted to build it. So just to let everyone know, you have the, um, like, a concrete company? Yeah, we're in the concrete. Concrete Grahams, yeah. So Kyogle is home. So Kyogle was was where the Grahams concrete started, which is now all over the north coast. So just for people that haven't been to Kyogle, what does the turkey look like? Well, he's a big wild turkey. (laughs) Yeah, he's um, 18 metres long and 16 metres tall, and he weighs 65 tonne solid concrete. And he is sensational. He is. Well, thank you very much, Christine Graham and Joseph Allen. Thank you very much for joining us today. It is five to one on the Country Hour. Okay. You're listening to the New South Wales Country Hour on ABC Radio New South Wales.
Well, this year at the Kyogle Show, three of the y- four young woman of the year entrants are camp drafters. We've got Brittany Little, we've got Zoe Davis, Olivia O'Reilly, and today joining us is Rihanna Smith, who we've just... Have you been out camp drafting, Rihanna? Yeah, I actually just had a run just before coming down here. So I've had three runs this morning and one more left to go. And how are you going? Yeah, pretty good. Um, Yeah, I mean, you have some good ones and you have some bad ones, but it's such a great experience and I love doing it. We were putting some pressure on you earlier on saying that we hoped you'd come with a ribbon for us. (laughs) Oh, maybe later. We're not finished yet. (laughs) (laughs) Do you camp draft? You've got your Young Woman of the Year shirt on pink and white stripes, looking very fancy, got your pearls on, that's how you camp draft? Yeah, usually, yeah. <laughs> Tell us a bit about yourself. Now, I understand that um, you have worked for the DPI before. Yeah, I have. So, um, about eight months ago, I worked for the New South Wales DPI Cattle Tick Program. Um, so, I was there for two years, and I recently left, and I just came to Norco Agri Solutions in Casino, um, which has been a great change, and I'm loving it there. So what's the Young Women of the Year competition been like for you? It's honestly been such an amazing experience because I'm so passionate about the agriculture industry, um, particularly women in ag. So it's been a great opportunity for me to showcase that and to also help promote and encourage other women in our area to get in and do it as well. Because you don't hear about many women being um, tickies. Yeah, exactly right. Yep. So that sort of inspired me as well to sort of push to get more women involved. What did you like about that job? I loved going around to all the different properties um, and seeing all the different people. Like It was such a great experience. I'm an outdoors person, so I generally just love working outside. And why did you give it up? I just wanted a bit of a change. Um, Yeah, just sort of something different, something with a bit more career progression for me. And yeah, Norco's doing that. Well, Peter Inviga has sent us a text saying that he grew up in Wayangari in the 1950s and always went to the Kyogle show, heading back there for a family reunion next weekend. He says, thanks for bringing back the fond memories. You are welcome, Peter. Just finally, what do you love about the Kyogle show? There are so many things that I love about the show. I think this year they've gone above and beyond and I think it's going to be a really good turnout. Um, For me, I absolutely love the challenge that they have. I love the camp draft and I love the beef cattle section, um, particularly the junior judging competition. Those beef cattle are coming in this afternoon. Thank you so much for joining us, Rihanna Smith. It is time to head to the markets. Thank you. And with the results from Griffith Sheep, Graham Richard, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Lamb numbers were back to 4,100 and this included 2,450 new season lambs. The quality was mostly good. There were several runs of extra heavy lambs, both new season and old. Heavy weights were well supplied and in demand and there were only a limited number of trade weights. The market sold to a stronger trend. The new seasons lifted 10 on the trades, 20 to 24 kilos, 104 to 124 and ranged between 450 and 500 cents. The heavy weights, 24 to 26, 122 to 134 or 485 to 510, 26 to 30, 139 to 161 and they averaged 515 and those over 30 kilos lifted 6, 161 to 173. The old trades 80 to 115, heavyweights to 30 kilos jumped 15 to $20, 110 to 166 averaging 480, extra heavies reached 171. Hoggets nearly doubled in value and sold to 110. 
1800 mutton were penned, quality very good, and prices 30 to 40 dearer. The medium weight used 45 to 66, heavy merinos 77 to 100, and crossbreds reached 81. And that's the New South Wales Country Hour. It's one o'clock.